Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, we are starting a brand new series on the Vertigo series, Why the Last Man, by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. This is one of the all-time best independent comic book series ever, so this is actually going to be an incredibly special series. For the next five weeks, we are reading volumes one through five of Why the Last Man. On today's episode, we are going over issues number one through ten, and then make sure to come back for the next few Tuesdays to hear us talk about books two through five. As always, there are going to be full and complete spoilers for Why the Last Man, number one through ten. And remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the, li- the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here's your episode on Why the Last Man. In 2002, the world changes forever. Every man, every boy, every mammal with a Y chromosome everywhere on Earth suddenly collapses and dies. With the loss of more than half the planet's population, the gears of society grind to a halt, and a world of women are left to pick up the pieces and try to keep civilization from collapsing entirely. The gender side, however, is not absolutely complete. For some unknown reason, one young man named Yorick Brown and his pet male monkey Ampersand are spared. Overnight, this anonymous 20-something becomes the most important person on the planet, the key, it is hoped, to unlocking the secret of the mysterious sex-specific plague. For Yorick himself, the most important person on the planet is 10,000 miles away, and he will stop at nothing to find her. In setting off across the post-male landscape, however, man and monkey are about to learn just how valuable they are, both as a prize and a target. Welcome, Kyle and Russ, to Cameron Reads Comics. Super special segment. Actually, I don't even think I told you guys this, but the way that this format for this um, series is going to go is that this episode is going to come out as a standard Cameron Reads Comics episode. I think it's, I don't know, it's, we're filming this or recording this way ahead of whenever it's releases. But it after this, we're going to be pumping out these episodes like midweek, not the standard release days, because I always thought if if I was going to do a series and we're going to do five books in anticipation, if someone's just trying to hop on, they don't want to listen to, if they have been listening to the whole series, okay, by, by week four of the same book, you know what I mean? They're not going to want to follow along as much as, okay, like let's go pick up any other text and do that. So this is going to be coming out. The first episode is going to be a Wednesday, like a standard Cameron's comics. And then I think I might just put these out like every Friday after that on top of the Wednesday release currently. So that's it's a super special series and so if you want to follow along this is one of the best shows and actually we are timing this so it accompanies the release of the fx tv show of the same name why the last man so now that those are out of the way kyle russell how are you hello hello hey 
<laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> we sounded very similar there. I'm Kyle. I'm Russell. That, this is <laughs> we're gonna to sound very, we're gonna sound very similar. This is so natural already. <laughs> One of the rare times I actually use three microphones because it is terrifying to be. So that's that's that. Um, now before we get into this book, um, I, I want to get the feel of the room. How I've read all of this before. Russell's read all of this before. Kyle, have you read all of Why the Last Man? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Then, going into it, uh, without spoilers, what is one thing about this uber-influential series that like stuck out to you the first time you read it and m- made you willing to want to dive back in in this format? Russ, you can go first. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, for me, there's like a few panels later on in the text that were like so poignant that like I think about them often since the fact of reading it the first time and so like i don't know just the story like the storytelling to have that type of like an emotional effect um made it worth to go back to again you know yeah i remember i think this is how many books had had i given you before you read this one because i i gave you saga that was like the first thing i gave you and then i gave you a bunch of other books but this one i feel like was still very fresh in like your your comic experience yeah i think this was probably like third or so i think you gave me like saga and then vision oh um, yeah i gave yeah yeah by tom king that kyle was on the podcast great stories yeah yeah, and Russell's like, I don't know who any of these other supporting characters in Vision are, but cool. I like Saga a lot, and I was like, I can understand that. <laughs> like, yeah. They are very different. I was like, give me more of that guy, and then you did. And that's all we do now. Um, and then I remember, because when I gave this to you, that was my first time reading it, because I'd always heard that it's so great, and I was like, okay, let me just go check out what all the hype's about. And then as I was reading them, I'd be buying the volumes for myself, and then I'd just float them over to Russ. Right, yeah. Those are great memories. Um, Kyle, what about you? Uh, what's something that stuck out to you about this text? I think the whole concept or like the whole concept behind the book um, stands out. Like putting myself in the shoes of being the last man on earth is um, it's kind of an interesting thing to, to think about. And like, what would you do in that situation? What would you care about? Where would you go? Um, would you help mankind or would you not? Just try to have fun or actually <laughs> help the human race survive. You, you know what blew my mind in this read-through is like how high the stakes actually are. Like how, how limited Yorick has to be in his ventures because it's like, okay, like what? Oh, there's a big group of people over here and I'm the only man and, you know, that's cool. Like I, he's just trying to be a normal schmuck kind of guy because that's who he is. But like you, you we kind of, as the reader, take on Agent 355's perspective where it's like, Oh no, none of anything you're doing is usually not the right thing, man. And so I, he's so, he's such an interesting character for that reason. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know where I was trying to go at that point, but I just went there. So, and we're there and we're here. Okay. So, uh, Oh, again, I think I told you guys had some rules. I have some more rules. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think this one's super easy. And, and depending on how fresh the text is, because I was definitely caught off guard by the text again. Um, a lot of the main spoilers are have, have been spoiled, but let's try and not spoil the other books within these. I don't think you're going to be like, whoa, here's the ending. But that, I think that's one of the other that's that's the big thing is let's try not to do that. Luckily, I don't really remember most of like the details of the later books. Yeah, actually, how fresh is it in your guys's mind? Because I was de- it, some of the big hits didn't hit as hard. 
but then I was like, for the most part, like I was like, oh wow, like the little beats I I missed and I liked. I feel like I remember more than I thought I would. Um, definitely because there's some really nice like foreshadowing in this first book. Really, where, yeah. Where like you can tell, which hopefully that's not spoiling that's not, anything. That's but, not. Like you can tell there's going to be like there's some even a remark someone says you're like oh they got cut off in the middle of their sentence um and just like knowing like oh i know the answer to that question actually or whatever that statement is so there's moments like that um i don't know maybe just because i i full disclosure like this this is probably my favorite comic you've given me i thought you meant like this is your favorite one out of the five (laughs) and i'm like russ it's week one man (laughs) no but so like i I think i just remember a little bit more because of that Oh, I remember Russ and I, we got after, after the ending of the series. And also you guys don't need to tread that lightly. It's not walking on eggshells with spoilers, but it's also like, Hey, like if you, if you, you know, the answer to the questions, let's not bring up those answers as we're talking about contextually here. Um, but I remember you, when the series was finished, uh, the ending was obviously super controversial, but it had resonated with you so well. And like, we got coffee, not just one time. I think we got like multiple coffees just to like digest and talk about it. And I think that's something that uh you hold so dear with uh, this series because it's like uh, you never the other ones haven't quite ended i think we might do paper girls the one through three hardcovers because that series is going to come out but for the most part with this it's like you had your ending and the whole narrative kind of given to you we're still waiting on the end of saga we're still we're, we're waiting for the halfway point with that series so yeah totally yeah definitely having the the closure of the ending and being able to like think of the whole tail as one unit made it i think even more impactful and memorable i guess yeah yeah um cool 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 okay so let's let's just get into it then i i usually always start with a with a fundamental kind of like beginner question and that is uh how do you how did you like it how did you like this volume just uh, as you read it how do you feel kyle you go first i mean it's a i i i was immediately drawn in the first time i read this i mean the, the <laughs> again like the whole concept of this book is revealed in the very first issue it's yeah all the men die except for yorick and his monkey it's all the all the mammals with which chromosome why why <laughs> you're killing it that's <laughs> yeah, cool it's cool uh whatever um and I'm so thrown off now. That was so funny. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my man. No, you're good. Oh, I had to be that. Uh, so yeah, uh, jumping right in. Uh, everyone just starts dying, and so that's a immediate um, uh, hook for me. How'd and you- how do you feel like about the layout of the first issue? Because that was something that I found like super compelling on the first page. It's like, Oh my gosh, like all the men are right. All the men are dead. Now we're going to go, we're losing our minds. Then it's like, it cuts, cuts back to whatever, uh, 24 hours earlier or, or you know, 12 hours earlier. And then it, it takes you through all the way up until five seconds before. And it, it, I thought it was so interesting. How, how, how'd you like that playing into the first issue? Uh, I think they, he already gives a pretty good, um, like recipe for like a TV show. Like I enjoy when TV shows will kind of give you like a little bit before and you're really confused as to what's going on. And then by the end of the episode, you get like the full backstory. And so he kind of does that throughout all of the books, if I remember correctly. But yeah, yeah that, that layout serves a good purpose, I think. Russ, how'd you feel? 
Yeah, I think I I think what Kyle said, like that's totally like the the beginning of it with they do give you so much like they give you like a lot of the main characters just all in their own context to start out and they're like, Oh, here they are. Yeah. Um, they're all doing stuff. Um, and especially like when the the moment happens and everyone uh dies and you have it like in all the those various panels of like mm-hmm. every location in like different countries and stuff that is like uh i just think so well done and it's just mm-hmm. like gripping so then um yeah i mean obviously uh i like the the book as a whole i think they and just reading back and like having experienced the story again um i was amazed at how good of a job the first book does in going from the like introductory material to like okay now we're all you know like it's like the difference between like a pilot episode of a tv show versus like episode three where it's like oh we're all comfortable and this is just the show now you know yeah yeah Um, it was a slow burn a little bit i like because he didn't meet agent 355 until like issue four which and that's not exact but that was surprising yeah yeah but I, i mean just as a whole though you find you do get there and it feels like he just spends a nice amount of time with the introductory and then the flow it's not like oh now it's episode three it just feels all like really natural and so i was i thought that was particularly particularly well done yeah i i uh, it goes to show that obviously russ and i and kyle uh it goes to show why we're fans of brian k bond because he's just that good and he it, his pacing and the time i think like like you said the thoughtfulness and just the time he gives those characters their moments to kind of reconcile whatever's going on in the scene during the scene as opposed to it's not uh he's not driving the plot to do something he's kind of letting those moments uh be what they are and it's it's for for some for uh i'm like stuttering bad for the moment that's happening he very much just lets it be and in such a outrageous situation, he makes it feel so natural. And I think that's one of the things I always find so compelling about his style of writing is no matter how outlandish uh, what's going on is happening, all the reactions are very thoughtful and like normal and like actually how I think that real people would react. Yeah, totally. Uh, kind of makes me think about the Batman Earth one. Yeah. The mm-hmm. reactions. Sorry, Russ. All right. We just recorded those episodes for context of the listeners. <laughs> it dates this, but it makes me think of that. Okay. Let's go. Now let's go into some characters. Uh, I want to break down characters, but bef- I want to go uh, kind of character by characters of the main people that we are going to be working with in this series. And then we'll break it down to what was going on in the volume that we read. So how do we like Yorick? Um, I love Yorick. I think um, I kind of resonate with him a lot. Yeah. In the fact that like, uh, I just can't help myself in like the most serious of situations, but just like say the dumbest thing possible and yeah. just say like something that just comically doesn't matter. And I, that's something to like attribute to Brian K. Vaughn, but he makes like every single conversation in this in this book like matter. Mm-hmm. And he writes dialogue so well that I don't know he he makes Yorick like funny, um, makes him like charming at times, and um, yeah I don't know I just resonate with Yorick a lot. So do you find him 
and Russell, this is the, I want to open this up to you too. Do you find him to be just a likable character, or I think a, a lot of the answers from the fans, like not even just here, but I mean in the community of people that I've heard talk about this book, that a lot of them are just really don't like him because mm-hmm. he, I don't think I don't think he's a very likable character. But I think there's something very normal. With Kyle, I relate to everything that's going on with Yorick. I'm like his life stage and putting his foot in his mouth constantly. I totally relate with that. So how do how do you, Russell? You pick it up, but how do you feel about the likability of this character? Yeah, that, I mean that's a good question because I feel like I like him, but I'm also I think he's annoying. Like he's yeah. an annoying character. I'm like, like mm-hmm. we have that scene of the Washington Monument, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, let's yeah, York, you're dumb for going there in the first place, and then you oh, you're just gonna take your mask off. That's amazing, great. Yeah. That's I'm annoyed with you I'm in like, this moment. Like he, he like takes off his mask and he's like, I've cured misogyny. All right, here you go. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah, and it's just, so there's because I think like. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn does a great job of the, especially the York dialogue. Like it's very witty and it does give you some of that York charm yeah. that makes him likable. But then he does so many stupid things <laughs> that it's like so easy to be like incredibly annoyed with him, you know? Yeah. So that's, I, I think I feel conflicted about York. Like I'm drawn to the, the charms of him while at the still time, at the same time, it's like, but you do the stupidest stuff in like the most important moments sometimes yeah, yeah. It's, it, and even on, on, on such a, a simple level just his dialogue it's like yeah. okay we can we can definitely and we will throughout the series go into his choices and how they are affecting one another but on a fundamental level just his dialogue and his social cues it's just like oh my gosh man like um and there's a moment in the end with hero when they talk about uh what's his line oh my gosh i gotta pull back up but when they talk about who who the smarter child was in their father's eyes and yorick misquotes something and hero says i always resented you because dad thought you were the smart one and like yorick in in that moment later says no you were the smart one (laughs) it's like it's about the rubicon it's the the dad dad always liked you best and then he says like no dad actually always liked you but what right. was the Rubicon line? Do you remember? He's like, you, you, you've passed the Rubicon or something. Yeah, like we're finally past, crossed the Rubicon, yeah. and it was three fifty-five who actually knew what that was, mm-hmm. which was like a river in Italy or something. Yeah, it was that he misquoted, and I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, like man, of course he would be the one to like misquote that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he he would be the one to pull it out of his ass and try and make it work, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I I just think that's so funny, and so. Uh, it shows so much about that character. Um, okay, so I'm glad. Obviously, that's our protagonist. We know him. How do we feel about Hero and kind of her arc kind of with, with what happened? Or even as she is as a character? She, at, at this point, kind of just seems um, to be someone who, like, obviously, like, experienced a tragedy happen right in front of her, like everyone in this book, pretty much. Yeah. But um, she was someone who was so conflicted, um, probably with her own well-being, before this happened. And um, at the time of, like, all the men dying after that, she obviously had to run in with these people who were trying to give women hope at a time, like the Amazons, right? Mm-hmm. That's who she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, a, obviously, a, a cult who's trying to give all these people hope in a time of 
uh, that's all they wanted at like the hopelessness. At, uh, yeah, yeah, and um, and we get to see her be like so conflicted with the one thing that could possibly challenge her now uh, normal life, um, which was confronting Yorick and having to chase after Yorick and have the question of am I going to kill my brother or not for these crazy people. That was. Uh- well, we'll get into character stuff, you know, me favorite characters later, but that whole arc was probably my favorite in the entire, like, volume, because we're going to have a lot of time to spend with the three main characters, mm-hmm. but I just thought the confliction and, and uh, the the mood change with Hero was so interesting to watch, and so I was, I, I totally agree with her. Um, Russ, how'd you like Hero? Yeah, I thought, I, I think, like, with Hero and York, it's like, they both feel so ill-equipped to deal with the situation like as mm-hmm. grand as it is like yorick as your like one male representative for the apocalypse or whatever is, <laughs> is just the worst person to have in a lot of ways exactly you know? and hero kind of feels like the same thing like they're they're just normal people you know yeah. and so they both like start off dealing with a more an you know extraordinary situation very poorly you know and, and i i think i I like that about both those characters. It makes them very like believable. And even like having Hero be like whatever brainwashed by Victoria, is that her name? The, yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. chess wizard leader of the Amazons. I don't think she was a chess wizard. Well, the self proclaimed chess wizard. <laughs> it's just like like you know, what's anyways. Yeah, it's all you can't prove it one it, way or the other. It's cult of personality kind of stuff where it's like I don't know. You ever seen the master or like, it's just what what you hear about cult leaders and being like, Oh yeah, I'm so brilliant that I actually did cure cancer, but I don't ask me to do it right now. I don't feel like it. (laughs) I mean, like it's that kid. Yeah. But like just the, she seems like a person who like in a vulnerable state could be, you know, it's like, she's whatever. She's a normal person. She's not, uh, you know, invulnerable to whatever, you know, then, um, I think what what you're referring to is something that I didn't realize until the second time reading uh, the story was uh, they, they, they kind of just barely touched on it. But what surprised me was that they have uh, like they do what they're doing for um, food. I didn't realize there's such a food shortage, you know, what I mean, in the yeah. in the world, because obviously I don't live in that world. But also, like, it's not so it's not shown. And so, but like they talk about it all the time. And so what happens though, is I think she gains her following because she has food. And so like one of the, she handed hero some candy bars after hero, like killed someone on Mm -hmm. her behalf. And she's like, like here, these are for you. Don't tell anyone else. And hero says like, I love you. And I'm like, I think they're, they're starving. And therefore like, if this is what gets the means to my end. And then there's obviously buy-in with just continued presence. And I think the charisma that comes with that leader. And so, that's that's the vibe I was getting. I, I I didn't realize that the first time I read it, so I noticed it this time. Um, how do we feel about uh, three fifty five? Um, that that's my girl right there. I love her. Yeah, three fifty five is the best. She is the best. I didn't realize her and Yorick were the same age. Oh yeah, they're trying to yeah. or like paint that picture about this. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing that I noticed about three fifty five that I didn't pick up on the first time was like the mirroring done between her and Alter that neither of them do you actually know their names. Like, You're ru- oh my gosh. Yeah, like Alter doesn't even know her own name. I was today years old when I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
Um, okay. Kyle's really mad that he doesn't know anyone's <laughs> names. <laughs> He's like, it's the Y chromosome. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm sorry, I had to. Uh, but yeah, that like, and that ma- it, it made sense because they're both like these like military like can beat you up in two seconds type people. Um, and so I was just like kind of, I don't know. I was like, oh, I need to keep a closer eye on this. Uh, if these people are like sort of, you know, maybe foils to one another or whatever but i love the mystery surrounding both of them with, yeah with alter like oh you know i don't even know my name because my parents wouldn't say it mm-hmm. and then 355 just well, the, oh it's confidential you know yeah i like or it's it. classified and they're definitely i don't know if you said this but i think you're you're there's there are two characters that are so mission oriented too and like that's like part of like who they are is like they are about the mission and that is their main obligation and so it's like yes they're militaristic they're competent and they're they're powerhouses but it's like they are goal driven by that one goal you know i mean uh 355s i don't know quite what her mission is yet but we're gonna figure that out uh or sorry, 355, I do know. I was going to say, I was talking about Alter. Alter, we don't quite know her mission yet. We didn't spend a lot of time with her. We will spend more time with her. With 355, it's very much, I have an obligation to my country and to my people. And so I, I hold that very dear, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I like I like 355. Kyle, what about you? Um, I, I just, I love her, like, already, um, like, very obvious... Um, almost love and infatuation for Yorick. It's uh, crazy. Where like from the very beginning in their situation, they immediately hit the road and you'd kind of expect like the talkative, annoying one, which is Yorick, and then kind of like the reserved, quiet, like badass, which is 355. Like you'd expect Yorick to just be talking out of his ass for, I don't even know, five pages and she is just like doesn't respond at all but from like the very beginning she like she feeds into it and she like can't help herself but to respond to him and talk with him and talk about like whatever he wants to talk about which is usually some pretty ridiculous things i also love that he just calls her like different names (laughs) no i don't recall that happening but now every time he calls her calls her jake from chinatown he calls her uh fran i'm like you're the worst man but also i got i honestly would probably do the same thing so yeah, I mean they they have to they ultimately like embark on this journey that at this point like we don't know how long it's going to be and um I that would be a super interesting thing reading it when this was coming out and not having any idea where this like story is going to go mm-hmm. um where it's like we started reading it when there was just five books like we mm-hmm. know it's going to end at book 5 like that's it. Yeah. And so we knew it had to come full story where they're just like you have to go to Boston and then that's it. You would have no idea that everything that happens in all the other books happens afterwards. And it's like, they get to Boston, like the next issue. Mm -hmm. And you know, like you think that's going to be the whole journey going that way. And then it happens so fast. And, um, yeah, I, I just love their relationship back and forth and how quickly like Brian K. Vaughn lets us in on like a foreshadowing of like a possible romance, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, I totally agree. Uh, I love, I love Brian K. Vaughn. I like, I like that. Agent three fifty five is such an interesting character. Um, and and her trajectory and the whole thing, I just am so. She's just awesome. I just feel like when it comes to like the the best badass in the book, like it's between her and Alter at least. And I'm like, dang, I just think she's number one team player. And 
it's funny too because like what you're saying alluding to their romance and their relationship um yo rick is the least qualified person like he just makes her life harder but still there's an infatuation level there it's like mm-hmm. what how does this work but also you can almost kind of see i actually i could never see it but you almost kind of see it i don't know he's he's a goofball it, it almost seems to be on like a deeper level than you know like we we get all these instances where like instances where different uh women just because like york's york is a guy um like the the girl in the marisville uh sonia is that's her name yeah um where like she almost she almost like right away just saw a guy and just almost like fell in love immediately like mm-hmm. before even gained consciousness again mm-hmm. and then where she like their like bond and their conversations just go like so much deeper than him being the last guy yeah. i'm sure it helps but yeah no you're right you're right he they're yeah they're they're destined to be together and i think that's actually one of the most interesting parts and i mean just like destined like their lives are meant to intertwine in this way that they're currently doing um with it which is so interesting when we meet yorick he's on the phone with his girlfriend and he says do you ever think about destiny and it's like right before where we're gonna meet him and where his life's about to go i just think it's so interesting um okay do we have many thoughts about alter um is that i feel like we we barely spent any time with her rest do you have any thoughts on alter um i mean not yet or i like the name thing i that was actually something i think i forgot about was the this is not we don't know her name that's just her whatever the name she goes by and the backstory of that what was it like she had two siblings who had died yeah, yeah, had and died so... yeah and so they were not go- to to evade the angel of death my parents will never give me a name so that angel of death will not know who yeah there's something that's that is appealing about that i just like that it's such a small detail too that just makes up so much character like and that's what i love about brian kevon it's just like oh those little character ba- beats that make it enhance it by that much more making it that much deeper yeah no totally so i, I mean i like that i think that she's intentionally like her and her like group are pretty mysterious and even like you don't quite know what's going on with these calls to the white house or anything you know and so i think it's intentionally like they focus a little bit more on like the amazon arc to kind of make you be like oh there's this other thing happening i don't even know what that is yet yeah 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 um kyle any thoughts on alter um yeah i mean pretty similar like uh the the word mysterious comes to mind because we're done with book one and we still really haven't gotten any type of where book one is the first two arcs, correct? I think so. Yeah. Um, and so the first two arcs and a group of people that he's been uh, like kind of teasing us with since the very first issue. Um, so I, I love that there, there's something that we have a question about throughout the entire book and we, we don't get to see that yet. Um, so uh, just makes me excited for what's coming up with with yeah. her because I I really don't know too much yet. Yeah, I don't. I really don't recall too much of her arc, but I know she's obviously a ma- major player, and their their stories intertwine. Um, okay, Russ. Actually, I wanted to I wanted to give you a shout out too because you are our local Shakespearean expert. Mm. Yeah, you are in my head. Maybe of the three of us. But. <laughs> so so let, let, I'll uh, give like, you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> so basically, I'm still right. <laughs> like, but, um, 
you and I, when we were talking about this, uh, and if you don't know off the top of your head, but it, it was alluding to this in the story, is that with the character names, Yorick and Hero, they are Shakespearean names. Is there... That's it? Oh, no. I don't... Is Yorick not? Yorick No, is. they are. They are. But okay. what's... I, I've, I'm I just unqualified wanna, to answer whatever question you're about to ask me. I'm like, so. what are they referring... No, 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 no. I just meant... I meant, like, you... You always thought they were significant. Is it... Do we not know the significance of that? Or do you... Of their names? Yeah. Um, well, they're obscure, right? I don't even know what they're from. Like, they're, yeah, it's not like a... Could probably Google that. His name isn't Romeo. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, while Russell Googles that, sorry to there's put you a, on blast like that. Yeah, I knew that point. question was coming. It's like, I don't know the answer. Well, because I just all. remember you telling me at the beginning, like, as we were reading, you're like, oh, wow, like, Hero and da-da-da and Yorick are... Well, I liked that. Shakespearean names. Oh, I and maybe that was as much as you told me, so... I made a little silly, silly little boo boo. It was, it was something that they alluded to that with the dad, right? Yeah, the he, dad really liked. Was it was it Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, was okay, a, the, he was a he was a drama teacher. Oh, that's right. Um, For the all mm, women's yeah. college, right? So York is because he did say at one point. Do you remember when he's talking and he said, "Oh, my dad named us after um, these yeah. characters," and then he said, "Our names proved correct because my sister something." And I'm just like a magician or like yeah, yeah, a yeah. fool. Is yeah, he, yeah, he's like, I'm a fool. So Yorick is a jester from Hamlet. Oh, he called himself a jester, yes. Yeah, so then that's that. And then. Well, basically, Yorick is a jester, which is very true. I, I just think it's one of those times where Brian K. Vaughn is naming people and his, he's not just willy nilly choosing names, they're very intentional. So if, if not, Hero. Oh, Hero's oh, from Much Ado About Nothing. I did know that. Um, hey, I know. That's why I asked. I knew you knew, Russ. I just believe in you. That came off sarcastic. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I didn't know York. I knew I didn't know York. Here I was like, that's familiar. Yeah, that's from Much Ado About Nothing. So one of the the, the coupled persons. Dang, nice. It's, it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that for high school, but I probably should have been able to call for that. I couldn't. Um, okay, let, now let's get into some story stuff. That's just about as much character. Because like, those are the people we're going to be, I feel like, interacting with the most. So I'm like, okay, let's get our initial thoughts as we're... Uh, talking to them. So how, how believable do you find the new world they find themselves living in? Uh, and how do you feel about like the ramifications? So how likely do you think it is that a group like the Amazons or, or the believability that is in these crazy situations, Kyle, you can go first. Um, you know, just like worldwide, like catastrophe like this, it almost takes, believability kind of like out of the picture almost yeah. where um it's just like such an such an earth-shattering event that i have no idea how anyone could possibly deal with it like in their minds and so like when i when i first started reading this i was thinking like you know i feel like there's like some pretty like capable uh people out there that could figure out you know like the whole electricity thing if all the guys kind of all died. Like, I feel like there's plenty of people to like put their minds together to, to then get that up and running months in. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think about like, who knows where everyone's mind would be at by then? Mm -hmm. Like, would they, they all have to get over all of the men that they knew and loved or hated. And they all have to like deal with that. And I know that doesn't take, a few days and then have to figure everything out. But, um, yeah, I mean, all, all the little details I think are super, super believable. I mean, all the, um, all the male 
mammals uh, died as well. Yeah. And so it's like the food shortage makes sense. Um, like a whole bunch of different things make sense. So I guess I guess the little things are pretty believable to me. But for whatever reason, the electricity thing makes me mad. <laughs> Kyle's like, I, I would know how. Wait, oh my gosh, we even talk about Dr. Man. We'll talk about Dr. Man later. <laughs> I like realized I was like, we didn't talk about York song. We didn't talk about uh, Dr. Man. We'll get there when we get there. Um, Russ, how do you feel about the believability and uh, the ramifications of the crisis at hand? How'd you feel about it? Um, I mean, I thought it was, I don't know. Yeah. I think kind of the same as what Kyle's saying. It's like, it's, it's, you're pretty open to tell me whatever to a certain extent yeah. because who's to say, Yeah. but I did like, I liked a lot the focus on sort of the struggle for power in the wake of this huge void of yeah you know half the population dying and and I it felt like one of the especially with the Amazons like one of the things yeah. they're like oh we hate men because like they're murderers and rapists and they're dictators and they all they do is like struggle for power and yeah do atrocious things in the process and it's like oh that's it, it's interesting that they almost echoed the thing that they are um, warring against in some ways. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, and also you guys are murderers and doing the same yeah, thing yeah. in your struggle for power. Um, and I, I kind of like that. You know, it does seem like, you know, in the void of some, you know, in everything just going to shambles, that there would be groups of people who want to take advantage of that situation to establish some sort of, you know, hierarchy or... Um, I don't know, control for themselves. Yeah. And so I like that approach to it, that there's just like these various groups kind of vying for power. That felt like, yeah, that's that's reasonable to me. Yeah, yeah. And also, again, I think, I think you were alluding to this as you started, what was, okay, like, yes, these situations are bound to happen and, you know, who's to say what would or wouldn't. I think the reasonability and in the process along, like, to make that so, to justify those choices, I think Brian K. Vaughn does really well. And so... Uh, yeah, okay, maybe there there would be. Why I feel like he drops the situation, but he also answers the why would this be happening? You know what I mean in, in those situations. So for the first one, uh, I I have a couple of them, but I don't want to go into politics either of this whole thing, but like how did we feel about the Republican wives trying to stage a coup at the White House? Did we like that? Did we not? Well, I mean like um <laughs> like political um how do I say, like, politics play a major part in our society. Yes. And is, I mean, what what years was this coming out? I think 2003. Okay, so, um, was that George Bush? Yep. George Bush is in the White House? Mm-hmm. I guess, like, at that time, it's pretty interesting that uh, you have a Republican president and Brian K. Vaughn is going to, like, voice... Yeah, um, his like voice, like leadership that the White House is mainly like Democratic uh, ran at that time. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans are the ones that are trying to like come in. So I guess like the difference between like the, the reality at the time uh, in the early 2000s and then uh, kind of having the opposite effect in in this book is is interesting. And yeah, I mean, politics plays a, plays a major theme in society. So uh, it, it made sense to me that that would be like one of the first arcs in this in this book and one of the first problems that they face is yeah you know like all the men dis- 
just died, but we're going to still really <laughs> like differ on these yeah. pol- on the political spectrum, <laughs> you not, know. You're not wrong. So. Yeah. Russ, how'd you, how'd you feel about that whole, I, I feel like they got it no matter what the main idea that he was trying to convey w- within those people were, it, is the constitution, I think the point he's trying to answer was, is the constitution still relevant when we are half our population is gone and our entire, let's say, you know, 85% of our government is now gone. How do we how do we pick up those pieces? So how how did you like that scenario playing out, and how did you like the drama and the tension, whatever? Yeah, I I think I felt, and maybe this is like even a misreading of it or whatever, but it to me it felt like the the White House. It's like they and the people vying for power. It's like they don't actually what are what is the White House doing? Like they don't have that much power. They're like vying for almost like insignificant power. It's more like symbolic at that point. Because, like, the thing that, right. like, the new president comes in and the, her first action of president is, like, let me send this agent with this guy to go find some research person. And that's it. Like, that's, the you know, end. it's, like, kind of, you don't have that much power, you know. You, um, and so that's what it felt to me. It just felt like maybe a point was, oh, like, political divisions and the inability to have whatever good discourse would be the case if this was the normal powerful united states or if it was a country in shambles where the white house had way less power as well you know i think i think i think you're right also there's obviously so many perspectives i think the other thing too is it's a it's almost them seeking a title to escape their reality you know what i mean so the most powerful office in the country of you know newsflash it's the presidency <laughs> it's uh, people may not know uh and so they're like we want to come in and i think because because there's a really great conversation that they make they're like you want to help your communities the most right now literally just be a community leader and like see what you can do to help your local community because we are all in shambles right now and so that's the most efficient way you can help as opposed to this ramshackle legislation that really like you're saying doesn't matter so I think uh, it's not making a big thing. And so I thought it was really interesting to hear them recognize almost that it's not real, but I think it's their pursuit of, okay, this is what we know power has been. And so the power shift and, and where it is uh, acquired is totally different uh, with that too. I don't know. Did that make any sense at all? Yeah. Like, so, thanks, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Russ didn't <laughs> say yes, guys. Let that be known. I nodded. <laughs> um, something else that stuck out to me uh, during that whole um, like event at the White House too was York having a conversation with his mom um, where she before all this happened was like 100% against like human cloning mm-hmm. and um, that whole debate and then everything changes like it's a complete change of circumstances obviously like the world's ending pretty much and and then he's just like, what? You like fought against that a few months ago. Uh, like, why are you sending me to go after this woman Cloning who uh, like clones people or clones babies or whatever? And um, she's just like, it's not the same world that we lived in three months ago. And I, I find that really interesting because there's continuously in, in our society, like can um, earth shattering events and nation uh changing events and no one's really ever 
willing to change their stance on anything based on circumstances, um, which I would imagine would be something to where someone could change their stance on something. So I don't know that that part stuck out to me pretty well. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It also shows that within all the spectrums that there's room to change your mind mm-hmm. <laughs> based on new information, which mm-hmm. is a normal thing. Um, I think, yeah, okay, actually, let's go into, I, I also, within that scene, I just want to note, I love that this random, it, it could have been a lot of talking heads, but then I love that there was a death. And I love that that happened. Not that I'm pro-death, but I'm also like, wow, like we can't just try and seize the government and then like hold a gun to someone. And then it's like, boop, like, okay, well, someone actually died. There were actually mistakes made. Not that anyone was quite correct in that circumstance. Also, when Yorick comes out and, oh, I think that leads into probably my next question. One of my favorite moments of all time. Yorick coming out and just trying to talk like he has anything to say because he's just the last man. Like he's like, I, he's like, obviously you have to listen to me because I am now the last man. Therefore I'm qualified or I'm important or whatever, however he's feeling. <laughs> and then they're, they're like, Hey, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I like loved that. Oh, they hadn't God. even dealt with the fact that there was another man. Like the only person to know that he was alive at that point was his mom. Yeah. And then there's just this giant group of women all like, at each other's throats and then he comes out and says something just foolish he literally and then, says that's bullshit yeah. the words of thomas jefferson <laughs> it's like what the heck man like and then and then they just immediately they don't even go like oh, or there's no like gasp or anything they're just like stop i just love him I, like i how's this i'm your rick so all the dislikability <laughs> the weird choices i just relate to him so much um okay so going from there let's just talk about the amazons because obviously that was a huge you know, I'd say it was the the biggest plot line in this entire arc. Um, how did we feel about that organization, and how did you feel about kind of the direction they took? Uh, Rusty Govers. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think I like kind of what I was saying earlier. Is I like what the Amazons represent of like a, a misguided attempt to want to. I guess the the ethos would be something like we want to establish peace and harmony because society yeah. led by men or with men in it has mm-hmm. been terrible and full of crime or something. And then like in the process, they become sort of the thing that they say, at least in word, that they're against. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like that aspect of things because that feels like it feels like the ethos is sort of naive in the first place. Like, oh, okay, yeah, like, without men, everything's just going to be peaceful, okay? Yeah. Like, uh, that's naive. Yeah. Uh, um, and so I, I just like that. And I like that the, um, I don't know, I like that there was, to kind of make it culty, that there was that cult kind of, you know, the people are changing the way like literally making marks on their bodies and stuff it's like burning their boobs off yeah, i'll say yeah, it I, <laughs> you, <laughs> you say your podcast you say i'm like, I'm like <laughs> those boobies were burned just the left one though <laughs> i know which is in their justification like yeah they hear the amazons did it like back in the day like the actual amazons i was like wow that's actually kind of, i don't know if that's true or not but i think that's cool anyways russ yeah but like that to me was i liked that that was part that's so part of the kind of cult vibe you know yeah. um so I mean I like that. It's it blows my mind too with the with the cult vibe that like the buy in with ever you know all the members is like they were willing to do that to themselves uh, to have family and the fact 
and that's why I'm like, I'm so kind of glad that Hero did that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that she she you know tore herself up and then like felt succumb to that. Uh, what was going on? And so I was like, is that a word, Russ? Succumb. It can be for I, the purpose of this. Podcast. I really tried. Okay, gosh, I'm not Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't even know what he would write in that circumstance. Um, Kyle, did we ask you about the Amazons? Uh, not yet, but it's okay. okay. Next I'm question. still here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just like, just the idea of it being kind of like a cult and they don't, I don't know if they ever specifically call it a cult, but it definitely alludes to that. And obviously they have like the one leader, which is Victoria. Um, you know, like I, I found this interesting because for whatever reason in like this current day and age, like it seems almost a Netflix or Hulu or. Uh, HBO like every other day there's a different um, like murder documentary coming out or cult uh, leader documentary coming out and it's just like such like a fascination uh, for whatever reason in like the last few years I don't know if it's always been this big fascination but (laughs) (laughs) everyone goes through a phase yeah yeah I mean uh, there's just been so many conversations I've had with friends about um, like how gnarly like this story was of this guy this just normal guy was able to talk his way up to showing all these people hope and giving them a reason to follow him when they're just like a normal guy like there's nothing that special about him um which like victoria i still there's just nothing that makes me feel like anyone should be following her yeah you know but people are so there's something about her and about um how she speaks that made people during this time want to be a part of her group. And then she takes an ax to a head and it to her head and it's satisfying. Oh, that was cr- okay. Wait with Victoria's death. How did I was like, cause I remember when I was reading it for the first time, I was like, Oh my gosh, this thing is going to like, she, what am I trying to say? When I read this for the first time, she was like, uh, I thought she was going to be the overarching villain of the entire thing. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be him versus the Amazons, and that's going to be it. And I felt like I was like, whoa, like it was one of those big shocking moments. Obviously, this time through, I saw that coming. I remembered that beat, and I was like, oh, man, are you surprised with uh, the, how soon her death was, or was that just me? I remember definitely the first time being surprised. Like, I, um, yeah, like it's the same type of thing where she's kind of like, she gets a lot of screen time, you know? She's, like, on the page for quite a bit. Um, and I think reading through it again, it the feeling I got was, like, oh, this, this lady's, like, pretty messed up, but, like, you thought she was a problem? She's not... She's barely a problem, you know? Like, yeah. And it's kind of... It felt like, oh, wow, we just ended book one, and this person I thought was a big deal is dead. Oh, we, we're in for some some crazier stuff like she's just the beginning yeah i think i think i think you're right and that's obviously in my experience reading it that is how it shapes up i don't think that's a spoiler so um <laughs> kyle how'd you how'd you feel about her death um i've i've spent a lot of time like watching uh like movies and, and tv shows and when there's like a tv show where there's like a definite like there's a hero and then there's like kind of a a really on-screen constantly villain and then there's a behind the scenes overarching villain um for some reason like kind of right away i i didn't expect her to last very long 
um, with the amount of books that there were at the time, um, which they were all out by then, uh, I was just like, it, it genuinely went through my mind of like, like this, this villain, like I can't imagine this villain having this many pages throughout five whole volumes of this book mm-hmm. where like it made much more sense that like all these things being teased here and there and here and there are, are much like longer term, um, like villain presence presences help me out that's fine sure okay cool approved that, that is a approved. word yeah <laughs> um so I, I guess i really wasn't that surprised when she died um i more so i was more so was surprised at who who killed her i i was i was hopeful that hero yeah i thought uh, i remembered hero doing it. i i i was hopeful both times really i was i just wanted her to be there for her brother so badly um i have a sister and that's what i would want (laughs) from my sister yeah she wouldn't (laughs) i would hope i would hope that she'd save my life (laughs) and kill this crazy person um but but she's not the one that that um that kills her which i mean uh, from a writing standpoint that's awesome that that their relationship wasn't just perfectly rekindled right away in book one so yeah it was it was Sonia or whatever her name is that yeah. threw it. <laughs> I loved Sonia too, and I forgot that she dies, and I was like, dang. And then oh my gosh, Hero being the one to kill. How how do you like the? Okay, we I don't want to skip over this. How do you like the Hero Yorick interaction going on in those um in those I guess simultaneously with all that? Did you like Hero's fall from grace to I don't know like did you like did you like the way those events stacked up? You mean like when they finally met together they met together she kind of beats his ass also i i'd be remiss if i didn't mention the fact that <laughs> your rick's like okay so you infiltrated the Amazons. <laughs> he's like okay so what are we gonna do from here and she like punched him in the face and he's like oh my gosh and i was like i was like you literally just have no idea what's going on <laughs> well yeah there's there's a sense of like incredulousness there though yeah. where it's like my sister you, could never yeah like i wouldn't yeah, you're not going to believe your, your sister's actually part of this crazy, like, cult or whatever, you yeah. know, and so... Um, I just I love thought, the way he did it, though, so. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I did... I don't know, like, because the interaction, actually, in book one between the two of them is so minimal, really, you mm-hmm. know? It's, like, the one scene outside that house in whatever it's called, in Marysville, yeah. um, and then that's it. So I think I was shocked by... I think I recalled that they interacted more or something in the first book. And maybe that's just like, I'm thinking down the line, maybe that happens yeah. more or whatever. Maybe I'm just wrong, but that was kind of funny how you have these two siblings who you would think would be like more involved in each other's lives or something. And then they're, it's like, Oh, here's one page and then that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess it, it's, it's kind of teased from the beginning that, no one in that family really ever spends too much time with each other uh with like the mom uh is obviously off doing her representative duties probably all the time and then uh like where's york living at the is is he in i think he was in new york he's in new york so he was in new york mom was in dc was dad also in dc were they together Oh yeah, he was in New York. Can't uh, Hero was okay. in Boston. Mom was in Washington D.C. So I don't the, know what that's doing. They, they just all and then he had such a difficult time. Like at first, 
calling like his dad for his birthday and so like from the beginning it almost like it almost teases it and then i i realized it towards the end when yeah their interaction was minimal and there was no like jump for joy to see each other um where like it kind of all all made sense was like they were never really close to begin with but then i think the they as siblings were close right because there is that part where it says like oh, you and your sister were close. And she, he says, oh, we were like Luke and Leia, but without the French <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and then at the very end, she, when when they get locked up and then oh, he, yeah. he ta- she had the key and that was like one of the first like magician things we see from Yorick is he like swallows that thing in, the, in, in DC and then he... He's locked up in yep. the thing, yeah. Yeah, and he has to throw it back up, and then she does the same thing at the very end. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess they are close closer as siblings. But I think you're right in saying like the there's definitely the family kind of being in different locations. Mm-hmm. That there's something about the family that's not necessarily they're all like, like a, on yeah. the same page all the time necessarily. Not white picket fence, you know. It's yeah. I think I I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just love like. I, I just want deaths to be earned and like, I don't want them to be done sparingly or, and I just feel like that that moment where, uh, oh my gosh, Sonia died, uh, were, was really well done. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, all these things are stacking up at once. Okay. We're facing against the Amazons. Yorick's about to die for all we know. On top of that, my sister betrayed me. Uh, I thought we were tight and I, why in, from his perspective, how could this be happening? Why, why is she like this? I can't believe her right now. Uh, He's about to sacrifice himself, and then it's not, it's not, you know, it would have been very easy to shape it up like uh, Victoria kills Sonia. You know, that'd be too easy almost. And then, boom, she gets an axe to the face. Great moment. And then uh, Sonia gets murdered by Hero. And I was like, oh my, by a bow and arrow, which is just almost, uh, it makes me think, I don't know if you guys seen uh, X Men, I think it's Apocalypse. Where that's what happens to it doesn't. Is I haven't it? seen that. Oh, I thought, I thought you just shake your head like no, it's mm-hmm. never like that. I'm like it's not a great movie, but like when Magneto's daughter dies, that's not a spoiler. And so oh, it's like with, <laughs> it's like with I'm a just with, watch that tonight. It's with a bow and arrow, and it's like oh my gosh, because he obviously can't. It's with wood, and so he can't like Magneto that. But it was it was just crazy, and it was like wow, I don't know, it's perfect. I just really liked it, and so. I felt like this was a death that was earned. And also, I loved Sonia, so I wish she was real. <laughs> and also, I was like looking at the IMDb for the new show coming out, and Sonia's not in the first season, which is like, what? How? For all we know. I sure hope so. I sure hope she is. I loved her little Doc Martens with, with the long, flowy skirt. It was cool. Um, <laughs> okay, I got three more questions for you guys. Number one, who was your favorite character for this volume? I think mine's fairly obvious, but Russ, let's go with you. Mm, that's a good question. It's okay if it's Yorick, by the way, because he's the protagonist. People are always against that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough because I, I don't want to, like... I think it's probably 355, and, like, I just love 355, and I need to think of some new favorite characters for the next books, I think, because... <laughs> Take it in. Yeah, you got time. Yeah, but I just... I love the setup. I love the, the Culper Ring setup and everything. Yeah, the mis- the mystery behind the name that's already set up for her, um, the the joking around the name, and I love that she's like, 
I don't know the the things that she represents and that she and York are very much like foils, like they're opposites, right? York's not yeah, structured. Opposites, York yeah. buys monkeys on a whim, you know, and um, <laughs> oh three fifty five is the opposite of that. She's like, I have a mission to protect the president, yeah. you know, like how opposite of buying a monkey on the whim can you yeah. get, you know, like. He's so. like, I don't know how you train these things, but I signed up to train one. <laughs> like, first time we see Ampersand, he's throwing his turds at Yorick. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I I just like that. I like the setup for her. And she just seems very, like, pure in a weird way. Because obviously she's not, pure, like, she kills people and stuff, you True. know. But she's just, like, her motives seem pretty pure, you know. It's like, oh, I have a duty to my country, and I'm just going to, like, do what the my higher ups tell me to do yeah. to the best of my ability and it's like i like that it especially as like the setup for her yeah i agree kyle favorite character um i i i am gonna go with yorick great um i but like like you i just find like such a like such a a connection to that character um just for like like who he is, um, his ability to to not think about some things and just act on a whim, which is something I, I've some things I've done in my life, and uh, but to also like uh, like surprise people, mm-hmm. um, where there's there's a couple points where uh, three fifty five is like, oh, he's more resourceful than you might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he'll he'll actually do some things really well mm-hmm. and no one really ever like points as points it out to his face but like they're there and he has the ability to like we were talking about earlier where um they don't i think russell was saying like he doesn't feel equipped to um to like lead this whole thing and to be the one to yeah. help and yet like at the end of the day like he is going to do it like he is going to help where um i don't know like he could very easily uh it would be pretty difficult escaping 355 but (laughs) he could get he could give it his best try to really escape and try to go to australia to his girl you know um so he is annoying i'm annoying uh (laughs) i think i think there's points where uh i do the right thing which yeah. he he does do the right thing, and there's times where I don't. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Yorick. He's a he's a great. Uh, I love him as a protagonist because it's also like, man, like I think I think you're right. There is definitely something to be said about his moral uprightness and his loyalty to Beth. Like I think that's not to be overlooked. It's it, there's definitely a perspective where, although he does kiss Sonia. Yeah, right. He does. I'm <laughs> like, but you know. Obviously not the same world, but I think that there there's something to be like to respect about him and his loyalty to her. And it, yes, I think it's a lot of infatuation. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, it's like there's a there's a party where people are like, "Yo, you should really be trying to procreate because you're not gonna be the only one." But he has he wears her wedding ring or whatever around his neck. I'm like, that's uh, you can you can applaud that. Mm-hmm. And he is resourceful. He does get them out of some binds more infrequently than frequently right. but he's done it and we don't we don't want to overlook those um but yeah i know i feel that way. i think i think he's a great protagonist i like and also again because i relate to him in that way um there i also wanted to be honest i wanted to shelve my number one favorite pick every week is always going to be ampersand 
because <laughs> he is the most, oh, he's just so funny. Like, I think this book balances levity and the serious tones very well. And so to have Ampersand and have Yorick be kind of the levity of the whole situation, love it. So their dynamic together is just my absolute favorite thing in <laughs> Especially when, like, as soon as they open a window, once they get to Doctor Man's like office, Ampersand jumps out the window. <laughs> they spent three hours trying to go find him. I was like, oh, I love that. I just love mm-hmm. that. It's perfect. And so, and like inadvertently <laughs> saved them from being confronted by Alter right yeah. in the process. Yeah. Oh man, and that was a great that was a great reveal too. Where where Hero was like, I just murdered someone. You think I wouldn't tell you if I burned down an office? And then, yeah, great. Just all of it great. But transitioning to my actual favorite character i've already said it pretty much hero and her arc i just think was so compelling i thought it was so magnificent and i think that she is obviously we're going to go on a journey with all these characters i like her journey and i just like where hers began because she she i think she was just someone who is so you know physically we, we saw the physical and we saw the uh, mental transformation that took place in her uh, reconciling everything that happened so i like i like uh hero because i feel like she she just did a complete 180 you know mm-hmm. uh girls were not liking you know at the very beginning when we met her girls were not liking her i guess like sexual autonomy you know they they're like oh she's a slut da, 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 da. and uh it, it to see her now be i will never be used as an object for men you know me mm-hmm. all of that transition was so interesting and so to see that maybe see her work her way back it's going to be very you know, if she does, we don't know. Um, I like the kind of story where we all have different favorite characters. Yes, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, it's good. It's I like Ampersand's the best one. So it's of all, of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't pick him. So oh my gosh, I just I love him so much. Um, okay, the favorite moment, and uh, this one might be tough. So I can go first. What do you guys think of yours? Unless go you, ahead. Are you ready? I need to find the panel, okay. but I am ready. My, okay, my favorite <laughs> moment while Russ finds his panel. Kyle, are you ready, or you didn't? No, you go. You go. For, you go for it. I'm like, I'm. I'm just gonna talk because it's my podcast. Um, uh, it's when Yorick and Crew Fifty Five are interacting, mm-hmm. and they go to. <laughs> there's a lot of great reasons I love this moment, but they go to, the Empire. Or no, it's not. It's not the Empire State Building. It's the, uh, Washington Monument. The mm-hmm. one that's the big tower. Washington Monument. I tried my best. Uh, and he goes up and first of all, he's an English major and he kind of makes fun of himself for the lack of effectiveness in his degree that he got. So he kicks himself for that. And the a- Amazon spray paint on the building. Was it? Uh, oh my gosh. They misspell something. Good riddance. Good riddance, but yeah. they spell riddance with an E instead of an A. And he's like, yeah, nice spelling. You big dumb fart heads. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that, but he might as well have said that. And then he like takes off his mask and does the whole thing. And then, he because he escaped 355 kyle so mm-hmm. there you go and he they pretty much kick his ass and they they are on on the verge of killing him and then 355 steps in saves him and she, and he says to her like oh wow you found me and she's like oh no like i found you 10 minutes ago and he's like oh really like, why'd you let that happen and she says and i wrote it down just because you have a dick doesn't mean you're invincible. And I love that because it's kind of very rewarding to see him knocked on his ass. And I just think he needed that kick in the ass. And it was uh, very, very well, like just a great punctuated scene. So Russ, what's your favorite moment? Um, I, I liked when they're, it's also the Washington Monument, but Great. He, he's like sitting with that other girl in the mask or like the <laughs> gas mask. And, 
they're reminiscing because her like thing that she's there for is for uh mick jagger right like yeah because she's all sad mm-hmm. that the rolling stones aren't a thing anymore and like they're like naming people which i thought was kind of cool just like naming yeah. bands that can't exist anymore because the members are dead but like the list is like just so funny to me too <laughs> yeah. especially like because they start off pretty normal and then they're like dylan bowie the rest of the beatles <laughs> and then he, york says all of the eels which, do you know who the eels are yes aren't they like in shrek right oh my gosh yeah that's the one song <laughs> i know them from i think but it's like yes. so obscure, right? Yeah. And then she says, "The who?" Like asking him, <laughs> like, "Who's that?" And then he goes, "Them too." <laughs> and just like that is so, I just loved that because it was, it was so witty, like to to have written that, and, and even like as the list continues and everything, um, but just that moment just got me because it was like so York to say like, "Oh, the Eels is like his second or third yeah. band that mm-hmm. he's like super bummed about." And she's like, the who? And it's like, oh, oh yeah, the who gosh. too. Yeah. It showed, you know what's cool about that scene too is I looked at all the bands and it's like, if you look, you can almost see their tastes differentiating. She's very much a classic rock guy. Well, he's like, not that Bowie isn't classic rock, but it's almost just like more alternative. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Alternative scene like that. And so then when you look at who he's naming, it's like, oh, like you guys are different. And yeah. I, I thought it was very charming. Yeah, totally. But the, I, I, I like that panel the most. That's a good, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a good moment. Very split. And it's also like when I was reading that, Ryan came on just shining his light and being like, it just, it shows that he was thoughtful about it. You know what I mean? Because not only are they mourning everyone they knew, they're also mourning, you know, stars that they can't interact with again. People that were idols in the same way that like a celebrity loss is such a big deal to us now. It's not as big of a deal, but he, you could tell Brian Kavon was thinking about that. And that's just so interesting. Yeah, totally. Kyle. Hey, um, there, there's so many good moments in this in this book, and uh, I don't remember the exact uh, dialogue, but um, kind of when they're in Marisville, there's kind of the whole buildup um, to, like, their secret, like, society there. Mm-hmm. And from, like, the we meet Sonia, and she seems like the most perfect human being, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a, a change of pace when one of the the women leans over and was like not a word about about who we are and um eventually it's revealed uh after i think it's after sonia and york kiss but it's revealed that they're all they're all criminals Mm -hmm. and uh there's like there's this moment where like yorick is like all pissed off that there's like they're a whole community of what he assumes is like murderers and killers and all these things and one of the girls was like uh like health benefits fraud like that's what she was in in prison for um you know and like he just makes an absolute ass of himself like assuming all these crazy things like they were being so like nice and hospitable to him and he like totally is like just a jerk and then there's a moment where one of them is just kind of like like oh well we need to like get him out of here yeah, you know, like we need, we need to, we need to save him. And it's like, there's something like about redemption, um, that like excites me and speaks to me. And so like they went to prison, obviously all, all this happened. They got like a second chance to be kind of in the real world and, um, kind of like 
death just comes on the doorstep, you know, like it's the Amazons are coming in to kill him. And then, but they're still just like, this guy has been such a jerk and is annoying, but like, we got to get him out of here and we got to help him. And he's just so dumbfounded that someone's going to help him. So I guess, I guess the moment where he is like, he has to stop in his tracks and realize that he was just a total bonehead and these people did nothing but help them. And Sonya even like died for him, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I guess like the redemption of like the quote unquote criminals that they were and then ultimately helping him out. So, yeah, I liked part of that too, is like when he's about to walk out of the house, his line is like, for a bunch of effing criminals, <laughs> you guys are all right. And yes. It's just oh, yes. so perfect because yes. it is just, it just highlights that mm-hmm. even though he realizes he was in the wrong, he's still like, uh, still has know. to crack a joke. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, homie, homie has, again, that was like one of my favorite parts is like, she tells him and she's confiding in him and like trying to be like, so like, she shared a very special, intimate moment with him. Next panel, like you like flip yeah. the page. Next panel, I was like, "Yo, guys, are what?" Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, criminals. yeah, he's like, "God," and I'm like, "You are the worst, man." But uh, that's again, I'm like, "How's this?" I've probably been in that situation more times than I've been like graceful about anything. So him being him being that way spoke to me. But I was like, "Oh, I just thought like it was so snappy and good uh, pacing." Last, last, last question. Um, and actually, we're going to do this on a different scale. We're not rating out of 10 through the series. We'll rate the entire series out of 10 at the end. Uh, this is going to be on a, on a book-to-book basis, uh, one out of one through five scale. So, it, does that change everything? Yeah, it does. Just divide your rating by two. I know. math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys are both super smart math guys. Recently, yeah. here's some some spoilers. Russ, Russ took a big math test recently for teaching. Yeah, I did. I know. So you're you definitely know math. I don't. <laughs> well, he's gonna be a math teacher. Yeah, that's true. I hope oh so. Oh my gosh. His okay. was entirely math. Yeah, right? there's three tests on math. The next podcast that we are going on, Russ is gonna count all all first all hundred digits of pi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the numbers. <laughs> Let's go one, two, three, 3.14. <laughs> I will never do that to you, but also maybe. Depends. If I lose a better something. Um, okay, so out of five. Uh, Kyle, what's your rating of this story out of five? Oh, I didn't, I don't dislike anything. Well, that's uh, good. So I don't, how do you not dislike anything and not just, not just give it a five? No, well, you can't. But then it's like kind of boring, but, that's not but boring. it's also like, I'm going to give it a five. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm. Oh, just, oh you know what? Four point eight. Wow. Four point eight. I'm pissed that they didn't have electricity. Oh yeah, that's right. That was your one thing. Whoa. Four point right. eight. Very consistent. <laughs> okay. Dang. Uh, I'm. I before you said four point eight <laughs> or five. Mine was a four point nine. Wow. That's. Wow. I'm. I think I'm a little bit blind. Great. To even thinking critically about this at this point mm-hmm. so that should be said but yeah i, I loved it I, reading it again loved it oh I, I thought you were like announcing that you're going to read it again i'm like okay. oh no like just the process of it yes like nothing bad i mean i just i adore the series i still adore it reading it again so yeah i, I think it's like it, it's very special and also to be able to kind of like Kyle, so Kyle and I just reread this three-volume series, Batman Earth One, and I, I had completely forgotten a lot of stuff happening. So a lot of the setup that they were happening for setting up for the second, third volumes, I was like, I don't remember because it's just been that long. Uh, 
this one I I remember, but some of the foreshadowing that I had missed it makes it so special to read. Totally, mm-hmm. and, yeah. And I know that resonated with you. And I was like, it, it's that's the best kind of part of reading something like this is that I can like touch base with it again and be like, okay, like this is what happened. It's awesome. So um, it's like watching the village again. What's the village? I don't even know what that Never is. mind. That's a terrible reference. Okay. It's like watching a movie with a twist. Yes. And like, it's oh. like you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, like, like Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably any movie. Yeah, oh, man. yes. Crazy Stupid Love. You know, like Ryan Gosling's going to like figure out that Steve Carell, they're connected. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like you haven't seen Crazy 2011 Stupid 2011 or something like that. <laughs> Sorry like... for the Crazy Stupid Love spoilers. Jane. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler warning, guys. Um, yeah, post. I'll, I'll have to put that in the intro. Um, yeah, no, I think I give this story a... Mm, I don't know. I just I I feel like that guy right now. But I give like a three point eight. It was good. I'm just like really excited to see like where it goes. I I feel like for me also though on top of that it's special to see the foreshadowing happen. But like the it it's it's not as sweet as the first time I read it. You know the 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 big bombastic like mic drops don't hit as heavy. And so that's always something that's tough for me. Uh, and. We're going to actually, I need to make a note. We're going to talk next week about Pia Guerra's art because I just adore it. And I think they, she needs some time to shine. If it's a she, I don't know if it's a man or female. Um, Me and Kyle are very mad at you okay. for that score. You know just what? Yeah. Yeah. We were 4.8 and 4.9. And then you said a bunch of good things. And then you went 3.8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 3.8. Uh, I don't know. I just said didn't, I'm just messing that. Did, I don't know. Just <laughs> a lot of stuff that. didn't hit as hard. Um, I feel like we, I guess, to counter a point Russ made earlier. Uh, now we have the setup, and now we're okay. Like he, we had our introduction. Everyone's back together. We've had those interactions. Let's see where it goes from here. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm, I'm excited to pick up because I think I remember the first volume very much. Hmm. Second volume, I'm, I, I don't remember. I don't. I pretty much don't remember volumes two through four and then five I do. So excited to move on. Um, anyways, 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 thank you guys so much for coming on the, this week and you guys will hear them next week. Uh, it's going to be super fun. So make sure if you're uh, listening, uh, on, Oh my gosh. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please leave me a five-star rating and review. If you're uh, listening on YouTube, please clobber those like and subscribe buttons as well as, again, leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Russ. It has been fun, and we'll see you next week.